special Letter from America with Tommy Dane. Time now for another Letter from America with Tommy Dean as our TGIF regular returns home for a couple of months, but after two decades, down under, can the plucky Aussie-American ever fit back in? He's on the line again from small town, Illinois, in the United States. Hello. Hello to you, Australia. (laughs) What's new? Well, so much excitement here in small town. Uh, A couple of fun small notes to begin. I didn't realize, but the local cemetery uh, features a large monument to the uh, remembrance of Reverend Elijah Wood. I'm sorry, Elijah Lovejoy. Reverend Elijah Lovejoy. Hmm. Because Elijah Wood is a Hollywood star. (laughs) Yes. I think it's also very much alive. (laughs) Elijah Lovejoy, Reverend Elijah Lovejoy is one of the more famous abolitionists yep, yep. Uh, from the state and in the history of America as well, uh, credited with a, you know, a great deal of the Underground Railroad and getting people out. Uh, he was eventually murdered, as was uh, many abolitionists, and his brother took up the cause and carried on the good work. But the cemetery here celebrates it with like a large 50-foot spired monument with a uh, the angel Gabriel playing from the top of it. Are you sure he was murdered? He didn't just eat one of those White Castle hamburgers you were telling us about. That is, that is, well, that's how he was murdered. They gave him a sack of burgers, came through on the railroad, and uh, he made the mistake of having them all in one sitting. Yeah. So truly his own fault. He should have known better. Uh, even I've heard of him. He's quite important, isn't he? Oh, very important. And in fact, so important that they hid his body for 30 years uh, to prevent any sort of uh, problematic vandalism of where he was eventually laid to rest. And then when things settled down to none, uh, they moved him in. In fact, he is the first monument as you walk into. It's up on top of a hill, a large set of stairs walks up, and then this monument shoots up right in front of you. And he sort of presides over the entire cemetery, mm-hmm. which is it's quite a nice place. It's the oldest, it's the oldest cemetery in the area. Uh, almost everybody in it is from Civil War era. Are there lots of black Americans in Illinois, or is it mainly a white state, or, or what? I wouldn't. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the population. I would say, on anecdotal evidence, it is pretty well represented by African Americans. Uh, but this was the first northern state. So, Missouri, which is just to the south of us, in fact, in my case, across the river from my backyard, uh, it was a slave state. So, that's why the Underground Railroad was so important uh, here. Uh, was because this was the first step into the north in terms of the Civil War era. People would come up that river, would they? Yes, they would go up the river. And then uh, many of the houses in this area, Alton was very much a river-oriented economy. In fact, most of the houses in my area were all the fancy mansions of the riverboat captains and uh, the members of industry that ran with the riverboats. Mm -hmm. And then many of them are... Uh, there's actually quite an extensive tunnel system that runs underneath all the mansions because of the Underground Railroad. So it's really quite a big step. Right. And, and just to explain that to people who don't know, this, this was facilitating slaves running away from the, the slave owners of the South to be uh, safely taken to the North. Yes. In fact, a lot of it happened during the war itself. And then even after it was actually set, you know, it became the law that slavery was no longer allowed. Of course, the South still hung on as much as they could. And it was just, yeah, it was the, yeah, the Underground Railroad refers to the, the people and actual transportation systems uh, that got the African-Americans out of the South 
and into you know the freeholds mm. of the north, where I wasn't necessarily much better, <laughs> at, but at least it was a step in the right direction, so to speak. <laughs> so there you go. So Alton is famous for for something. Oh, yeah, a few a few somethings. I saw the uh, the Alton Hall of Fame, uh, which is uh, it's a one room. <laughs> <laughs> But mostly, yeah, mostly famous from the Civil War era. The riverboat captains, a lot of riverboat captains did amazing things. Uh, the abolitionists. Um, and Illinois, of course, is the land of Lincoln. That's where Abraham Lincoln comes from. Mm-hmm. And now I suddenly doubt myself. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why there was that pause. <laughs> well, I suddenly thought, what is it? Well, I think Nebraska is the land of Lincoln. Now <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> but uh, there's a statue of Lincoln right here in Alton. He, he at least came to... He came to all yeah, yeah. Well, we love the, the mix of information and misinformation that you deliver us each week. What else That's you what be- America is. America is based on a long history of facts <laughs> and things misinterpreted as facts. <laughs> what else have you been doing other than visiting cemeteries? This, though, this. This was the most exciting thing I've ever done. I wanted to do something that was as American as I could possibly imagine, and so I have done it. Uh, we went to a gun show. Oh, wow. Okay. The Festival of the Second Amendment. <laughs> we went to where the people know their constitution, or at least the first sentence of one amendment. <laughs> Is we you and your schoolmate or you and your son? No, me and my schoolmate. I wouldn't expose my son to such shenanigans. I Mostly he had basketball practice, so he couldn't go. <laughs> so, so walk us in. Show us what's happening there. Well, here's the first exciting part. The parking lot of a gun show uh, should also be catered to as giant trucks of America show. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen more giant pickup trucks in one place ever. And to be fair, uh, quite a few Teslas as well. (laughs) Uh, The first thing you have to do is uh, go through, of course, is security, which I think is hilarious. Uh, You have to go through a metal detector (laughs) uh, because... I don't know if they checked you on the way out, but on the way in, uh, the rule is you are allowed to bring a weapon into the gun show, but after you pass security showing that you do indeed have a weapon, they have a separate area that you have to go over and have your weapon fully looked at. Uh, Basically, what they're saying is you can't go in with a loaded gun. So you have to present your weapon. Uh, They make sure that it has no bullets in it, and they put a special wrapper around the trigger so you can't pull the trigger. You can't put bullets in it. And uh, you can't even once, and you also identified as having the weapon, and you're not allowed to buy bullets that fit the weapon while you have the weapon in your possession. It sounds like Australia. <laughs> the only place that's got Australian gun laws in America is the gun show. It's amazing. So that was the first bit of hilarity. And, and of course, people are angry uh, because you're impinging on their freedoms. Uh, there are people arguing because, uh, you know, different states have different rules, but Illinois has a concealed weapon rule. So some people are licensed to carry their weapon under their jacket in such a fashion that you don't know they have one. Uh, That is not acceptable at a gun show. (laughs) And then you go into the gun show, and it is, uh, in one way, the most surreal place I've ever been. But at a mechanical level, it's really no different than being at a farmer's market. Only instead of potatoes, there's guns. (laughs) There's a Instead of large selections of fruit... There's bullets. 
There's little stalls, are they? Separate, different manufacturers each have a... It's like a trade show. So there's every, you know, marquees and different sizes and brands and most of it's guns. But because it's America, a lot of it's merchandising. Uh, And the reality is most people accept the guns. So since the gun is already so involved in our society, now it's about accessorizing it. So half of the stuff at the gun show is things like cool holsters and uh, things that you can put on the gun to make it sexier. Like, like handles, like the way to snap handles onto your revolver so that it has like a shiny pink, you know, for the women yeah. especially. There's a lot of colored weapons. Uh, you don't want your gun to not match your purse. <laughs> so it's like, a fi- it's like a phone cover, is it? Like an iPhone cover. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's exactly what it is. It's a little snap-on. Uh, there's different ways to bling out the barrel, uh, the handle, uh, various things you can attach to it. Uh, different ways of carrying it, uh, you know, purses, literally female purses that are designed as a normal purse, but a specific pocket on the inside where a gun can fit. So, so be- hang on. They're selling their stalls there which sell female purses that have been designed so that there's a little, uh, little separate pocket for the gun. Yeah. Fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> I was a little surprised they didn't sell shoes that match. <laughs> but every different way you can think to carry a weapon – uh, they had you covered. In the one corner is the heavy, heavy hardware. Uh, there's quite a lot of revolvers and various sidearms. Uh, and then one whole wall of the convention hall is where your serious military issue AK-47s, sniper rifles, uh, just the heavy stuff that just looks scary to look at. And can you actually buy there? Absolutely. And what do you have Absolutely. to what do you have to show to buy? Your license or what? You have to show your driver's license and your gun license and your credit card. Mm -hmm. But they do not accept American Express. (laughs) Are there kids there or is there an age limit? Oh, no, there were were not very many. We went during the day on a school day, uh, so I didn't see any kids. But I got the feeling that as long as you were over 15, it was acceptable. Right, right. Right. You couldn't buy. Is it mainly men? It is mainly men, uh, but more women than you'd expect. Uh, because of the purses, I imagine. <laughs> they were quite well catered for, but uh, many women take their self-defense very seriously. So, And there are a lot of couples. So I, I imagine that you know, for some couples, and I don't want to put too heavy emphasis on this, but this might be a version of Sexpo as far as they're concerned. <laughs> we are really going to protect each other. You like protection in the bedroom? This is protection in the bedroom. You do hear that a lot of quite ordinary folks, they'll, there'll be a gun in the bedroom, like in, the, in the, you know, your bedside table. Well, yeah, how else are you going to protect yourself? I mean, the reality is you're supposed to keep your gun in a gun safe and your ammunition separate from the gun. Uh, That is the most standard safety procedures. But, of course, that puts a little bit of a crimp in dealing with a criminal who has entered your household. Uh And there's all sorts of different ways for that. Headboard racks, uh, racks for your uh, gun rifles, a lot of hunting stuff, of course. Things to attach to your truck, uh, various uh, lights and sighting systems. You could really go to war with deer. <laughs> I just got the feeling that Illinois feels like the deer are about to turn. And rise up. Camouflage jackets, hunting blinds. Um, they even sell like these, uh, this is a smaller represented because it's more camping and stuff, but this is actually a, it's called a, a tree chair. And it's basically a rack that you go up into a tree and lock it on to the top of the tree, go up about 10 feet up a tree, and it's just a, basically a lawn chair that's strapped to a tree. 
A lawn chair with clamps. Yeah, you just clamp it on. You just climb up, clamp it on, and then you just sit up in the tree. So you're about 10 feet above the ground where your uh, aroma isn't noticed by the deer. And you just sit there quietly. And, of course, there's uh, multiple can holders for your various beverages you may need while waiting for the deer to appear. And uh, various straps on the side of the chair that the gun can attach to when you're in the waiting position. But it was uh, stunning. There are also, uh, which I imagine your listeners will not be surprised, an inordinate amount of MAGA hats. Of what? Uh, Make America Great Again. Ah. Trump's famous red cap. Yeah. Trumpism was well represented in the gun show, both in hat, T-shirt, and uh, attitude. (laughs) Do they sell it as very patriotic, like there are American flags everywhere? Oh, man. Oh, man. It It is stars and stripes forever. A variety of T-shirts proclaiming the flag, the famous picture of the eagle uh, who is holding the arrows in one hand and the olive leaf in the other uh, has been, we really don't focus on the olive leaf much anymore. (laughs) So it was like an AK-47 in one hand and a bandolier in the other hand. (laughs) My favorite one has always been, you know, the classic cry from the NRA. You can take my gun when you pry it from my cold, dead fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've obviously been sort of, you know, we, we've spoiled you here in Australia. We've sent you back to America, a shadow of your former self, uh, with all this anti-gun sort of views. But what did your school friend think? He still lives in America. Does, is he into all this stuff? Oh, yes. He likes to put, he's a school teacher, so he has to. <laughs> <laughs> when we came over, uh, we visited a couple years ago for Christmas, and that was the first thing that we did was... Uh, my same friend, it was his father's 75th birthday. So what he does every year for his birthday is gathers the family together and they all take their guns down to the gun range and uh, shoot a variety of weapons downrange at the targets. That's how we celebrated his birthday. In Australia, uh, we just have a chocolate cake. To be fair, I would much rather have a cake. <laughs> uh, in fact, the most, the most intimidating thing is because at the gun show, uh, while you as the patron can't, you can't have your weapon, but it's not really encouraged but every dealer is wearing a sidearm it's like wandering down the main street of the okay corral so the people behind the cash registers are packing hips. every one of them, every single one of them has a sidearm hanging off their hip why uh, just to show that they're in the business in case you're curious <laughs> a bit like the, the sales assistant in country road wearing one of their blouses yeah exactly just showing the wares but it just rides sort of nonchalantly to tell who's left-handed and who's right-handed. <laughs> you know how your father's in, in the NRA. Did he make you shoot when you were young? Oh, yes. We went hunting uh, occasionally and also quite a bit of sports shooting. He was NRA farm style, so my grandparents were farmers. So we did lots of uh, pest eradication shooting. Like I remember going out with my grandfather to shoot groundhogs. Groundhogs are like, uh, mm. they're like hogs that live in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> They're just giant rats. Gee, every day must have just felt like Groundhog Day. It was for us. It was terrible for the groundhogs. <laughs> but they, they really should have learned their lesson. I, they kept coming back. I just, I just feel like they didn't learn. <laughs> when, when you were at the gun show the other day, you, didn't, you, you weren't tempted. You didn't think, oh, God, you know, I could buy one of these and go down to the range and all that? No, because they feel, they literally, to me, feel like death. I mean, I hated it in the gun range. I mean, I took a shot just to be part of the team when we went gun ranging. But uh, for all the talk that people talk about how cool it is to fire a gun, that just scared me to death. 
we really have taken a, a decent American and spoiled him. It's true. It is so true. I am, I am now, I never thought of it before, but I, I am truly the black sheep of my family. <laughs> my brother's professionally uh, armed, and uh, my father is uh, recreationally armed, and both of my other brothers are domestically protectionally armed, and my mother has one of those purses I mentioned. <laughs> so, yeah, my family is well weaponized. <laughs> so I'm a little happy that I'm not going there for Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> You got to go home for Thanksgiving, isn't that required? Traditionally, it would be, but uh, in fact, we'll have a big report for you next week. I think next week we'll do this letter on Thanksgiving itself, which is very exciting. Mm. But um, this year, because of my son's involvement, the school has a basketball tournament on either side of the holiday, so we cannot travel. So we are having Thanksgiving Illinois style with one of the school families. White Castle hamburgers for all, huh? Oh, in the shape of a turkey. We, that's the great thing about the square hamburger is you can mold it into any shape. It's the Lego of food. <laughs> you know, the other fun thing I wanted to mention is that you go to a gun show. Uh, you can buy the guns and you can handle the guns. But because one of the great etiquettes of gunship is to never point the barrel at a person unless mm. you're serious. You're constantly aiming at the ground. So if you pick up a weapon and the guy, he has, you know, he has to hand it to you. But if you want to handle the weapon and get a feel for it, you have to get a feel for it by pointing it at your toes. <laughs> so it's this hilarious vision that you look across this, you know, convention hall of just hundreds of different people looking like suddenly something terrible has come out of the ground. <laughs> Groundhogs. So it looks like it just looked like an invasion of uh, small rats as everyone aims their weapon in a variety of aggressive stances towards their toes. Before purchasing the weapon and going back outside to their giant trucks. So giant. I want this to be known how giant. Imagine a bus <laughs> that is a truck. That's how big. Like the Ford F-350, you got to climb up. It has ladders that come down. It has like a step system that drops down. So you can climb up into the cab. It is like driving a B-double. How do they afford the petrol? Petrol is stupendously cheap. Uh, it is currently only uh, $2 a gallon, which I can't convert. A gallon is four liters. Yeah. So that's 50 cents a liter. And I'm assuming you're still running somewhere in the dollar fifty, dollar sixty, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so uh, so that's why as soon as gas goes below two fifty in America, everyone buys a tank, and then it goes back up to three fifty. We trade them in for electric cars, and that system repeats. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy the size of the trucks to the point where uh, there are drive-throughs, which is the other thing I've noticed. I think we may have mentioned it briefly, but I'm quite taken by how many things you can drive through. Um, but some drive throughs have a sign with height and width. Like it's one thing to have height. You understand height requirements, but width requirements. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the truck or the passenger? Well, it would be better if it was for the passenger. That would be smarter. I've been, I've been to America for 20 years, but I, I remember being astounded by the drive-in bank. And it had one. It had those sort of air, you know, those air tubes where you put something yeah. in and the pneumatic tube would shoot yeah. across. It's fantastic. Do they still um, have those banks? Banks that drive in banks? Absolutely, have drive in banks, drive in ATMs. Uh, in fact, the uh, ATM that belongs to the bank that I'm currently a member of, they only have one ATM in town, and it's a drive-through ATM. Uh, but I don't have a car. Uh, but I'm quite often standing in front of the other cars. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you wow. form an orderly queue with the uh, yeah. vehicles. <laughs> right with you. 
Uh, so they have that drive-through convenience stores, <sighs> which caught me off guard, like like you know, Seven Eleven style stores. You just pull up to the side of the window. I'll have a bag of chips and a coke. Wow! And then they go and what? You know, you could go up and say, yeah. I'll, "I'll have some washing powder or something." Yeah, whatever you need at the convenience store, they just fetch it for you quickly, hand it through the window. So, like the whole idea of a convenience store, I thought was to quickly go in, get it, and leave. But now it's even more convenient to just drive up and get a guy to fetch it for you. Yeah, uh, we got a drive-through pharmacy. <laughs> the pharmacy next to the the store that I go to, you can just drive up, drop your prescriptions off, wait, hand you your prescriptions through the door, even though many of those prescriptions say do not drive <laughs> <laughs> while using this particular medication. And it's just a measure of the pe- fact that people just don't want to get out of their cars, right? Yeah, there's no need. Gas is $2 a gallon. Just drive around. Like we went with my friend, because he was like so amazed because, you know, it changes state to state. So Arizona petrol prices apparently are about a dollar more. Uh, so my friend was so astounded by how cheap petrol was that, you know, we were just driving for the, <laughs> for the sake of it. <laughs> we went, oh, that was the other. Oh, this is so American, too. I totally forgot this because I don't. Uh, these, uh, this is like the week of things I don't believe in, but I went and did them anyway. Uh, the other local attraction here in Alton is the Riverboat Casino, mm. which is a... Exactly what it sounds like. It's a casino on an old-style paddleboat riverboat. And when they first changed the laws about 10 years ago, states couldn't, like nationally gambling is legal, but state by state the laws are different. And the state law in Illinois was that you could only operate it on the river. You couldn't have a casino on the land. So they would have these paddle steamer boats People would come at you know various hours, get on. They would show, go up and down the river. But now they got tired of making the boat run, so they just made the loophole that as long as the casino floats on the water. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's basically an RSL on a boat. Did you have a spin? Oh, we went down. We went down to have a look. And it's, like, it's mostly an RSL. It's just three levels of, of pokey machines, which is mostly depressing. Uh, but they have one room dedicated to table games. And my favorite moment was my buddy was playing uh, craps, uh, shooting dice, and a man walked up who looked like he had walked out of a Mark Twain novel. He was full-on vest, bow tie, slacks, frilly shirt. He was the quintessential riverboat gambler. Mm -hmm. And he floated chips along his fingers and slowly called out the beds, talking craps, like a native language, and just, it made everything worthwhile. And then he lost all his money and left. <laughs> well, as long the other as... option was for him to win and then get shot. Those were the two options. <laughs> well, Based on the history of riverboat gambling as I know it. You should have so, taken him to the gun show. <laughs> you should have gone there first. He might have done better at the table. We shall look forward to Thanksgiving and a full report. It's going to be a full week of feasting. I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I don't know if I can do it. I might have to, uh, the tryptophan is what I'm worried about. The what? Too much pumpkin pie and too much turkey drug, but I'll fight through it. The trip to what? I think it's called tryptophan. I think it's, you know, it's the, the drug that's in turkey that why everybody feels so slumbery after eating excess amounts of turkey bird. What turkey has, an, you're saying turkey has a naturally occurring chemical that makes you sleepy. Yes. Or it could be that I always smoked pot afterwards. I can't remember. <laughs> One of the two. One of the two. And, and where did Abraham Lincoln come from again? 
Yeah, oh, from uh, from history. <laughs> See you, Tommy. Be good. That was special letter from America with Tommy Dane. And there will be another letter from America with Tommy Dean this time next week, featuring the full tales of Thanksgiving here on ABC Radio Sydney.